Allow me to read off a list of common items, and you try to visualize how each of these would look, feel, and be used. Pants, jackets, backpacks, suitcases, pockets, tents, and sleeping bags. Sure, they're all things that we've seen and used. They're all made of fabrics, and most of them help keep us warm in one fashion or another. You could list at least 10 other similarities between these, but how many of you would list what is arguably the most integral part of them? How many of you thought of the zipper? Hello and welcome. My name is Tanner, and this is not worth knowing. Today, we'll be going through the life of the modern-day zipper. Our story begins just over 200 years ago in Spencer, Massachusetts. On July 9th, 1819, an inventor named Elias Howe was born to a father of the same name. Nearly every person in this time knew how to work a needle and thread by hand. At the age of 16, he became an apprentice at a textile mill before moving to Cambridge as a mill mechanic for large machinery. This was just the start of a lifelong career in fabrics and textile innovations. Some of you may have recognized his name, especially in this context. Howe is credited with patenting the first design of the modern sewing machine in 1846 the idea of which came to him in a dream where he was nearly eaten. He dreamt that cannibals surrounded him, waving spears in the air, and they prepared to cook him. These spears had holes just below the spearhead. For the century before Howe's innovation, nearly every patented mechanical sewing machine used a design that resembled the hand-sewing needle with the eye near the end. Because of these waving spears from the dream, Howe gained the inspiration to attempt a sewing machine that used an eye at the tip of the needle in combination with a bobbin below. Truth be told, I'm not an engineer, and throughout all of my research for this topic, I still cannot seem to grasp the function of the bobbin. But alas, that would be information worth knowing, and that certainly does not belong in this podcast. Some sources also say that this dream was the inspiration for Ringo's cult scene in the Beatles movie. Now, you may be thinking, it makes sense that both the zipper and the sewing machine were designed by the same guy, but to that I'd say, not quite. In 1851, Howe received a patent for an automatic, continuous clothing closure. Very specific, I know. This original design by Howe used metal reinforcements sewn to the edges of fabrics that were meant to be joined. Onto these reinforcements, he slid small metal clamps attached to a cotton ribbon. If you pulled this ribbon down to group the clamps together, the garment would open. And if you pulled the ribbon upwards, the clamps would be evenly spaced along the seam, and the garment would be closed. Unfortunately, this primitive zipper was not very sexy, and it took a long time to assemble. Howe 
never became the father of the Zip as he so vehemently deserved. Howe eventually had decided to stop pursuing the creation of our dear Zipper, and the idea of it seemed to fall by the wayside. Don't give up hope just yet. Our Zippy friend does in fact make a comeback. But it wasn't until 1891 by a Chicago-born Whitcomb Judson. It isn't worth knowing, but a year earlier in Moscow, one Max Wolf created the spiral zipper that was widely used in 1950s fashion. But this curvy cousin isn't our focus for today. Whitcomb Judson is credited with the invention of the clasp locker, the proud older brother of the modern-day zipper. His design featured a complicated hook-and-eye fastener, which used a guide to clasp these opposing pieces together, and it took him two years to convince the U.S. Patent Office that this was an original idea. Just by looking at the sketches for the design and the patent of the clasp locker, it is very evident that the overall concept has survived through to today. Judson's first application for this was for shoes, and might I add that the shoe fastening market was being flooded with different designs during this time. The patent is cited with being applied generally wherever it is desired to detachably connect a pair of adjacent flexible parts. Sadly, Judson never saw a notable commercial success with the class blocker because during its unveiling at the World's Fair, it kept popping open on every garment that had it installed. Also not worth knowing, this was the same World's Fair that revealed the first Ferris wheel. Judson continued his efforts in zipperology and established the Universal Fastener Company with his partners Harry Earl and Lewis Walker. They opened three locations, one in Ohio, one in Pennsylvania, and one in New Jersey. It may not be worth knowing that in 1911, in Switzerland, a patent registered to Katharina Kuhn-Muse and Henry Forster portrays one of the most striking resemblances to our beloved modern zipper. However, like most zips up until then, it still wasn't popular enough to enter mass production, and eventually the patent lapsed. It was not until 1913 that we would see another groundbreaking surge in zipper love. While working at the Universal Fastener Company in Hoboken, Otto Gideon Sundbeck designed what we now see as the modern zipper. This was an improvement on Judson's design as he increased the number of teeth per inch and called his design the hookless number two. In 1917, the U.S. Patent Office would finally grant him the patent for the separable fastener. Sundback not only designed the zipper itself, but also the machinery that produced it. Sundback's machines were as close to wasteless as one could get in the early 20th century. The metal that was punched out to create the female side of the zipper would be pressed and mended with the male side to create the hook and loop design. This process is still used today. Sundback boasted of being able to produce nearly 100 meters of the zipper structure each day. This, in combination with the lossless production method, was integral in 
reducing the overall cost of the zipper. Now remember, this was amid a textile boom in the United States. So being able to assemble such large quantities of a precision device was groundbreaking. The patent describes that the hooks and loops on the male and female sides of the zippers could not be undone without the fastener, and this still reigns true to today. The angle of attack and retreat are incredibly consistent. This allows the garment to essentially remain as one continuous piece of fabric. The name zipper was finally coined by the B.F. Goodrich Company in 1923. It was, at its core, a marketing strategy for their boots and tobacco pouches, because the word zipper is an onomatopoeia. Starting as a rubber manufacturing company, B.F. Goodrich later diversified to textiles, and even later to aerospace technologies. In 1924, a German doctor of law decided that courtrooms just didn't feel like home. Martin Winterhalter obtained the European patent for the zipper. He modified Sunback's design by replacing the clasps with balls and jaws with ribs and grooves, which he coined Riri. From 1936, the patent expired, allowing worldwide cheap production of zippers. This destroyed sales for Winterhalter's company. Winterhalter later squandered his fortune and spent the last 10 years of his life in a Swiss psychiatric sanatorium. The Riri company still exists today, and it holds its name as a noble zipper and closure producer for international luxury brands. It was not until Japan was ready to bring the U.S. into World War II that zippers on jackets and pants became universally acceptable in the fashion realm. Rationalization became a stylish buzzword in 1945, as the production of all-metal zippers became not only incredibly inexpensive, but also incredibly streamlined, with most budget brands being produced in a simple two-step method. Even luxury producers such as Riri still accomplish this in only four steps. Since then, we've seen all kinds of zippers, large and small, opaque and transparent, metal and plastic, waterproof and airtight. Zippers have even evolved from a functional device to block out the cold to a stylistic addition to all clicks, from pop punk to red carpets and catwalks. Certainly, this isn't worth knowing, but what comes next? What will you do to change the thrilling world of zippers? If you thought that this was useless information, good. Thank you all for listening, and come back to join me next time for another installment of information that you can definitely live without. Mm -hmm.